ready? I see that, uh, that Anthony really influenced some folks to grab some more coffee. That's good. That's good. Hey, again, make sure you invite somebody to Easter service in a couple weeks from now. Next week, our kiddos are going to bring in the palm branches, and it's going to be cool, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Palm Sunday next week. So good stuff happening. Glad you're at the Foundry again. First time visitors especially, make sure you stop by the Connection Center on your way out. Get your free gift and let us know who you are and how we can love you better. All right? So you guys ready for the word? Okay. So excited. I'll tell you what. um, I I know when it's going to be a good day when things are a little rough starting out. You ever felt that in your life? Where, Where things don't seem to work just perfect so what I want to challenge you to do is really prep your hearts today uh, and really, really be open and ready to whatever God wants to speak to you during this sharing of his word, okay? Again, we're coming uh, from the life of Paul. We're coming from the cell, the prison cell of Paul. And when he's, he's sharing this message about this fight, again, this is a, a reboot for us as a church because we knew that we were going to be moving and moving to a new fight. So we wanted to start the series with that understanding, start our time here with that understanding that we're going to be in a different fight and that this fight is not going to be easy. So we needed to reboot our faith as well in the Lord and the understanding. So we, we look to the life of Paul and what he shared uh, from that prison cell. And as he looked out and he, he looked over to those, those Roman soldiers and he, he looked at the armor that they were wearing and he was able to draw a correlation to, to, to what his life was like, but also what our lives would be like down the line in our own fight. Remember that? So what he said, he says, you know, hey, put on the full armor of God, okay? So that when the day of evil comes, okay, because we all know that it will happen, not if the the day of evil comes, when the day of evil comes, understanding that we have an adversary, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, after you've given everything that you can, you've expended your, your, your efforts, your gifts, your abilities, Stand firm then with the belt of truth, which is the word of God, around your waist. Buckled tight around your waist, okay? Um, Then also the breastplate of righteousness in place. What is that breastplate of righteousness, that, that shield, if you will, that's to your body? It is that right standing with the Lord, right? Being in the right place with him. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, wearing the right shoes, remember that? Making sure you had the right things on, all right? And then today we're moving on to two more pieces. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Also take up the helmet looks at salvation. So we're going to look at those two things today as we look through the eyes of Paul and as he looks out and then he looks ahead to our lives. We're going to break this down a little bit today. So this is what we call fight gear, right? This is what we call fight gear. And that's what's so important that we put the right things on. So my question I have for you, how does this shield of faith work? How does this shield of faith work? You know, how does this, you, you got to make sure that you have everything else in place that that, that firmly connected to the belt when needed kind of thing and that it, it sits on there, but you also can bring it out. But it, it has to be grounded. We have to be grounded. Everything that we put on has to be grounded 
with the belt of truth, the word of God. Okay? So important for us that we have to be constantly reminded of this. Consequently, faith comes from the hearing, from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So how does this shield of faith work? If you don't have the word in your life and it's not living in you, it's going to be hard to have faith. Does that not make sense a little bit? Or does it? It does, doesn't it? When you have the word of God in your life, you can tell that you have greater faith towards life. That you feel like you're, you're, you're equipped to keep going on. But if you don't have your belt, right, and I really have this problem, all right, I really have this. If I don't wear a belt, it's not going to be good, okay? Especially if I'm working with somebody, you know, and I'm, it's just not good, okay? It's just, we'll leave it at that. Brother got to wear a belt, and he's always, hey, good to see you today. And I see you, you know, pulling up the pants kind of thing. But you got to have, you got to have the word of God at the center of who you are. I like what Rick Renner says. He says, the word of God is central and foremost to anything else we have in God. Think about what think about what you've gotten from the word of God in times when you really needed it. Think about that. There may have been times you may have, you may have listened to it or you may have read it, but there you can come on in. Come on in. Welcome. Don't look back. Look at me. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I put you there. But think about times when you just, you read the word and God just, whoo, the Holy Spirit said, look at this. You're like, man, I needed that. Or times when things were just wonderful, great, and you read the word of God and you're like, that's what I just experienced. Man, that's great. Everything hinges on us getting into that word of God because everything literally hangs from the word of God when we're suited up for battle. So what are two types of shields? I, I love to, to build visuals in your mind. I know that we know that after the age of five, our ability to imagine de decreases tremendously. Our imagination goes. Have you ever looked back in your own life? You can feel that where when you were a kid, man, it was anything was possible. What is that? That is a, a warring ship, you know, and everybody's like, no, that's just a tree, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But imagine with me, if you will, if you were looking out of that jail cell, as Paul was, or you were looking over at a Roman soldier, what these shields would look like. There was a smaller one, like about the size of this, that was more of a decorative, you know, about a 20-inch or so, 24-inch or something around that, that frame, that was like this decorative, beautiful piece. And that's, that's the one you see where you just kind of lightly carry it. You know, you can play Frisbee with it if you want. You can do all kinds of stuff, okay? It's the smaller one. But then there was this larger one. This is what we're talking about that, that's so important for us to get in our lives. This larger shield that was like a door. Like a door that would fully protect the human body. It could be That was tall enough to protect, wide enough to protect, but also could be interlocked with other Roman soldiers, with other folks in the fight. And the construction of this was important as well because this, this was uniquely made with, with layers of leather upon it. Layers of leather. And over time, this leather was, was taken with such good care because you would put oil on it and things like that. We'll get to that more later. That, that it would become hard as steel. That this shield was impenetrable by arrows that would be coming in. And it's so important that we have this type of shield of faith in our lives based out of the word of God.
So important that we have this because there's going to be arrows that fly into your life. There's always going to be some sort of attack. It may be something simple. It may be something great. But there's always going to be some sort of attack that you get when you're trying to fight this fight. What's also unique about this, we talked about the oil, but we also talked about how it could be soaked in water as well to extinguish fiery types of arrows. So what does this shield of faith bring to your life? The number one thing it brings to our lives, because I want us to be practical in this, why does this even matter? Why are we talking about this today? The first thing it brings is protection from enemy fire. Remember we were talking about the construction a little bit. Um, it's so important to understand how it's made, what type of faith you have, so that when different types of arrows come your way, you know how to handle them. So first you had those little mediocre, this little spoof, small arrows, you know, like something you'd find as practice arrows. You know, you could get hurt with that. You know, anybody ever shot a bow and arrow? Anybody ever done that? Maybe like 4-H camp or something like that. Or maybe, I don't know, you at home or with friends, you've, you've shot, you have practice arrows. And, and that could really, that could hurt you. It could, but it's not that big of a deal. You know what I'm saying? It's not that bad. But then you have those second arrows that you would see. Those are the ones that were dipped in tar. Okay, those were really fun. Those will stick to you, all right? Those are the ones that will attach themselves to you a little bit. But then the third ones that were, that were really something to be careful with were those arrows that would um, have these combustible materials on the end of them, basically like a, a rocket, if you will, and, and it would be propelled towards you, and when it would hit you, it would explode upon contact. So these are some arrows that we have to think about in life. And it's kind of funny how when you look into your own life, you know, because we always draw that correlation, you can kind of see how there may have been some small arrows from the enemy. There may have been some medium size that stuck a little bit, but there's also been those ones that have just flown in and have obliterated things, right? So we need this understanding in our lives that we have protection. But how, how, and how do we get this protection? But more importantly, what are we being protected from? These shots to our emotions, our emotional state of life, where we end up having folks that, that find themselves being depressed, and that's real. Folks that find themselves being insecure. Folks that find themselves being lonely. Folks that find themselves separated from, from family members. And, and all of these types of things, he shoots those arrows in in hopes to penetrate your life in some sort of way, hoping, okay, that you, that big arrow would come in with the combustible materials on the end that would really obliterate your life. So we have to make sure that our shield is healthy, that our faith is healthy. So how, how do you do that? One of the things that a Roman soldier would do daily when he would wake up in the morning, his shield, take and make sure that his, his shield was oiled. So he would rub oil on his shield because leather over time, if you're not careful, yeah, layers of it are strong, but it can still crack, and then layers can break away, right? So he would make sure that he would anoint his shield, that he would put oil on his shield to keep his shield healthy, to make sure that his shield was intact, so that when the darts would fly into his life, okay, into his fight, he would be able to stand with his shield and know that they would not penetrate, that they would not go, they would not go through, they would not harm him. See, this is how God protects us through the oil. 
Like I said earlier, this is anointing oil. This picture that we get is that God, the doctor of our lives, takes this oil and applies it to our lives, massages it deeply into our souls and to those joints and to those muscles that are sore from the fight, and he brings us back in that moment. Because we're in his word, we're in the faith, he applies that oil to our lives and brings us back. Every single day, every single day, we find that application. We're to allow God to put his hands on our lives. That's what we have to do. So often we fight the very thing that will make us better. I remember that. My dad was in the hospital a lot when I was a kid. And I remember watching where he would fight the nurses sometimes, not even knowing. And it's like, Dad, it's okay. It's okay. You know, rub his arm. He'd hear me or our family. It's okay. And he'd eventually calm down and receive the care that he needed. But so often we fight it, don't we? The very thing that will take care of us, that will heal us, that will help us, we sometimes fight because we just don't know what to do but fight in our own might. But we have to be able to allow God to fight for us. Psalm 92.10, this is coming from David here. You have exalted my horn like that of a wild ox. Fine oils have been poured on me. David, you know, this is a guy that understood great failure but also great victory. And he understood this, 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 this thought process that on my own, I cannot make it. I need God's anointing in my life. And he was anointed as king. He was set apart as king. And a lot of times we don't realize that we're set apart for God's service, that we have been anointed and appointed for a work that is specific for you. But you got to receive that. you got to take that in and you have to own that in your life so that you can go forward just like someone like David, who was a hot mess, went forward in his faith because he knew that he was anointed by God for that work. And he was protected. Even though his own failures were in there as well, he still understood God's protection from the enemy. The second thing is this. The shield of faith provides a way of escape. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, one of the first memory verses I ever really took to heart in my own life um, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. I, I, I remembered it in a different context, in a, in a different version. You guys may understand that. Maybe you remember our stuff when you were younger and New King James and then these new versions come out that make it a little different. This is a little different than what I was used to. But no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. Temptation is common. It's common. Everybody has it. Everybody has different types of temptations, but we all understand that it is common. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Your father loves you so much that he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. What does that mean? Read on and you'll see. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. That's what's so important. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear because he provides a way out. He provides a way out. Pastor Justin, man... I just couldn't get out of situation. I just There was no way that I could get out of that situation. I just had to get drunk. So drunk that I didn't remember the night. You know, I just had to. There was no way out. But just fill in the blank with whatever it was. There's always a way out. There's always a way out. And look around you for just a second. Go ahead. That's part of your way out. You can always call somebody. And we're the type of church, we're the type of believers that's going to be like, okay, this is not good. This is stupid. This is 
but I love you and I'm coming to get you right now. We're going to walk together beyond this point. Sometimes we're the way out for others. Sometimes they can make it on their own. But there's always a way out of temptation. God loves you so much that he's always provided a way out of temptation. We think about Jesus and how much he loves us. He laid his life down for us to make the greatest escape ever. There's always a way out. I also think about it in this way, because remember we talked about that shield being like a big door, okay? And uh, in, in buildings like this, doors swing out. In your homes, they typically swing in. Have you noticed that? But in a building like this, in, in a commercial-style building, the doors swing out. So when you think about a door that swings out, you have this ability to be on this side, on the inside, and have someone on the outside that may be trying to get in, and you can take that door and swing it and keep going. See, your faith is also a shield in this way that you can take the enemy, sling him aside, and keep walking in victory. Does that make sense? The shield of faith that you have in your life, you're able to take that and just go whop and just keep walking. A lot of times we don't feel that way, do we? We don't feel that strong. Do you, do you, do you see who's on the other side of that door? He's humongous. He probably, like, eats people for a living. He's so big. You know, he picks things up and puts them down, you know, kind of person. He's like, that's a big guy. There's no way I have enough strength to push that door into him and push him out of the way. Remember, guys, he's like a lion. He's not. He prowls around like. He doesn't have, the enemy doesn't have strength of your life because your faith is stronger because the weapons that we fight with are victorious weapons. That we can knock down strongholds, that we can run through things and keep running in victory. Isn't that cool to think about? With your shield of faith in front of you, just keep going. But I can't see what's on the other side. Even better. It's called faith. We were helping my neighbor the other day, and uh, he cut down this, this railing. And then there was, there was cement basis in there. You ever seen when people do that? They, they, they cement railings into the ground. Well, all I saw was this much up top. I didn't know it was underneath. So get the pry bar out, pry it a little bit, pry it a little bit. And I just like pick them up. If I knew how much was underneath and how much they actually weighed and how far my hernia would pop out, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if I knew all that, I probably wouldn't have attempted it. Sometimes the best thing you can ever do is just trust your faith and keep on rocking. Trust what the Word of God says in your life. Keep on rocking. You'll pick up things. You'll go umbrellas you never expected. When I was a kid, we used to like pick up cars and stuff just not knowing what they weighed. My brother and I, we got to get the rear out. All right, let's pick it up. Volkswagens, those were easy then. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? When you don't know the difference. You keep going. Know this, that you are marching. You are walking from a place of victory, okay? Walking from a place of victory. So we also want to talk about something else today, like I said before, this helmet of salvation. So we got the shield of faith. But what about this helmet of salvation? See, this was something that was so ornate, so beautiful, so decorated 
that that would be the first thing you'd really see with a, a Roman soldier coming at you because the shine, the beauty of it, there was, there was also like horse hair up top sometimes, so it was even, make them look even taller when they'd be coming uh, into the scene there, and you'd just be like, wow, that is so beautiful. Some of them were like the faces of animals, and some of them had like carvings on them, like beautiful pastoral scenes. A lot of effort went into these helmets to make them so beautiful. So much work went into these helmets this was the, the adorned part of the soldier, the thing that was just so great and so beautiful and so needed and so essential. Protected their whole head and even into their face. This helmet of salvation for us, what does it bring to our lives? Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Going back to Ephesians 6.11, what does this helmet do and the protection factor of our lives. What does this helmet of salvation do? See, when you look at that word schemes, there's another word for that called wiles. Wiles. You've heard that before. Like, man, it's the wiles of the enemy or the, the wiles of this person or somebody. Maybe we'll make the, the new version. Somebody's wiling out, okay, kind of thing. That's old version already. But this metaodos is what we talk about in the Greek. It means to journey along a path or road. What we're talking about here is that there is a singular path that the enemy will always take to your life, through your mind. The same path. Remember we talked about that, the accuser, the name Satan, of the ball bouncing against the wall? And you want to punch your kid kind of thing. Remember that? Stop! Kind of thing. This is similar in that the enemy attacking this way a literal beaten path to your mind, the same thing he says to you every single day, every single week, every single month. Does this sound like it's repetitive? It surely is. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. Your father didn't love you. Your father didn't love you. Are you with me? You're stupid. You're stupid. You're stupid. You're stupid. You're stupid. And then all of a sudden, in. Because he kept taking the same path. And what we decided to do is be like, ah, I'll just set this helmet aside for just a second. And that path that he still is taking to your life was once guarded by the helmet. But we took it off. We forgot our salvation. We forgot who we were and how we're supposed to suit up every single day. And we took it off. That's what we're supposed to put on, the full armor. We took off the helmet and that same path that he always has taken to our lives since we were kids, some of us. And I've watched people 80 years old still literally, literally talking to people 80 years old that it's the same thing said to them for decades. And they took the helmet off. And then they believed it. This helmet of salvation protects you from the wiles of the enemy. 2 Corinthians 2.11. For we are not unaware of his schemes, though. we got to remember this. We're not unaware. You're not stupid. You know how the enemy attacks your life. Are you with me? You know. You can even see it coming. But what you do is you just, well, that's the way it's going to always be. It's my plight in life. I am stupid. I'm dumb. I'm never going to be good enough. I'll never 
be able to be financially secure. I'll never be able to have the great job. You're right. You're all right. Just set the helmet aside. This beautiful thing, the helmet of salvation, what Jesus bought for our lives, salvation, we set it aside and we forget whose kids we are. And then we just let the enemy free reign. We're not unaware of this. You guys are acutely aware of what's going on. See, Paul here in 2 Corinthians 2.11 was talking about forgiveness of someone who's offended you. And I think about this wiles of the enemy. If we, if we can't accept grace and forgiveness for ourselves, we can't give it to others. And why does that happen in our lives? Because this other point that we want to make, the first point for the, the helmet of salvation, is the belief that we are more. I'm not good enough, so no one else can be either. You need to believe that you are more as a child of God, a son and daughter of God, that you're more than less. That's what Scripture tells us. You're more than less, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, man, I loved hearing it this week in our small group. I loved hearing Scripture come alive in people's lives because this right here, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. If you are saved, if you have experienced salvation, you are a new creation. Yeah, you're still going to have struggles because we live in a fallen, broken world and you are inundated nonstop by the brokenness of this world. But if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Let that sink in. Everything from the past is gone. You have been delivered and been set free to be a new creation. You don't have to believe the same things you believed before. You're not unaware. You know the devil's schemes. You know the way he works in your life. You're not stupid like he says. You're a new creation. Think about that. So often we wish we could just clean the slate, don't we? Fill in the blank. I wish I didn't struggle with. If I could just go back. Mm. A marriage, it failed. If I could just go back. I lost that job. If I could just go back. That relationship, man, I, I thought she was, if I could just go back. Man, I, I just, I wish I would have told them about Jesus. I, if I could just Go back. See, when you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The old is gone. And all things have become new. So why do we live like dead people? Why do we keep on grave clothes? You're new. You are more. You're new. You're a new creation. Believe. Believe that you are more. Believe that you are more. I love those, those survivor types of shows. Anybody like to watch those? I do. They are in peril. They are so just distraught knowing that nobody's ever going to come get them. But then all of a sudden, at the end of the show, the people are there on the boat. And all these people that were just uh, dead are like, yes, let's go eat. Where did you get that energy? I'm rescued. I'm not going to have to be on this island anymore. I'm rescued. I'm going to get a steak. I'm rescued. I'm going to put on clothing. I'm rescued. You know, naked and afraid. Stay away from that. 
I'm rescued. I'm rescued. I've got a second chance. Like a show alone, I love that because, man, they confront all the demons in their lives. When you're by yourself, there's a lot of talking to happen there. If you don't have Wilson, you're even worse off. <laughs> they go back. I'm rescued. I'm going to be different. I'm going to be a new person. Sometimes we need a reset. It's true. Sometimes we do. Salvation is the greatest reset you can ever have in your life. Because you realize through Jesus, I am new. The old is gone. The lies are gone. I am new. Second thing we get is broken down walls. Broken down walls. A lot of times we look at walls as good things. These walls are fortified structures that help us, but they're also things that keep us back from people and keep us back from what God wants for our lives. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, we shared this verse before in this series. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. What does that mean? Through Christ, we are able to see walls come down that have separated us from him, number one, but also walls that have separated us from others too. That we can demolish the arguments in our mind that nobody loves or cares about you, nobody wants to be around you, build a wall, it'll keep you safe. It'll keep people out, you'll be fine. If people are on the other side of the wall, they can't harm you. Plant your beautiful garden inside, your beautiful trees, make your nice little house, drive your nice little car, put up the wall as quickly as possible because nobody can get in and hurt you ever again. Boom, life is great. Hmm. Actually, when you put up walls, you keep God and people out. That's why we're here, is to allow God to break down the walls of our lives and rebuild the wall between us and the enemy. He wants to build protection around you, not from people, but from the adversary. Demolishing arguments and taking captive every thought. And with that in mind, the last thing we get is a transformed mind. Our worship team is going to come up. We're going to conclude this morning. The last thing we get is a transformed mind. I think this is the very hardest thing to receive in life, isn't it? I really do. I think socially we can be accepted as someone who knows Jesus. Socially in the church, in our homes, we can be accepted as someone that has committed to life change. But then you get home and it's right before bed. Everything's quiet. The phone's not going off anymore because other people are asleep now or they're winding down as well. The kids are in bed or your, your roommates or whatever. And you find yourself with yourself, which is some of the, the hardest conversations you can have is with oneself. And then all of a sudden, your mind starts running. And man, the pace that it runs at, it could probably finish a marathon in minutes, seconds sometimes. Remember, I got caught up in thought the other day, and I was like, it's only been 10 minutes? Wow, a lot just happened. You know what I'm saying? When you talk about being saved and being made new, 
The enemy, remember when we take off the helmet, he comes into that same pathway in our mind and we don't believe it. Somehow it happens, doesn't it? We get by ourselves, we get with ourselves and uh, I know people see me as this, but I still don't see myself as this. I don't see myself as delivered. I don't see myself as free. I don't see myself as a believer. I, I, I just see a piece of nothing that's worthless, that's, you know, how we can go, or, or that just doesn't quite measure up. I've done all these great things in life, but I'm just not successful, or I just can't figure things out. Everything's a mess, and, and that's that pathway, isn't it? A transformed mind, a renewed mind is the key, isn't it? And I'm not talking about some psychobabble stuff. I'm not talking about, no, 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 no. I'm talking about what Scripture says. Colossians 1.13, for he has, res- he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. An understanding that I have been rescued. I know this in my mind, that I have been rescued, that I have been reunited with God through Jesus. Therefore, the truth says I am free. The truth says that I am a son of God. The truth says that my mind has been changed. God says that I am new. I think the helmet of salvation is so important because you know that's where it all starts is in our mind. And so often what we believe about ourselves we take as truth more than what God says about us in his word. And I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you. Yeah, look, you, you need your faith that does come by the word of God, you know, knowing what it says and allowing the word of God, the words of God to change your heart. But I think the most important thing that we probably need to deal with this morning, all of us, because we all have it, is making sure we have a transformed mind. That we know that we know we are followers of Christ, Also, that we know that we know that we've been delivered, that we've been rescued, and we know that we know that from this point on, our lives will be different because of whose kids we are. Mind transformation. Last week in our moment of silence before we got into the word part and and anything else beyond our, um, our time of worship, God said specific things to you. Raise your hand if you felt God said something specific to you last week. I know, okay, I've already heard from people and stuff, okay. So that's the exact thing that God is trying to push into your heart right now. Which as soon as you declared that before God, the enemy declared a counterattack against you. Also, those that raised your hands or those that didn't but still felt God say something to you last week. Have you seen a counterattack in this past week in that way? Did it come by way of your mind? And him saying, that didn't happen. That moment of silence, that was gas pains. That wasn't God speaking. That wasn't the Holy Spirit. That was you just hopeful. That was you just thinking. God wants to do life with us. But we got to want to do life with him. And it starts here. What you know, the mind, heart, that connection. It starts here, choosing to follow him and giving your heart to him, number one. And then he will renew your life and make you new again. So that you can pick up that shield of faith as you read the word of God and declare it over your life as you march forward in victory. So that you can know in your mind with your helmet of salvation on that I have been redeemed. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God.
How do you think Paul felt sitting in that prison cell? Completely bound. He was still free because he knew who he was in Jesus. If anybody could change, Paul could change. If he could change, you could change too. Allow God, allow Jesus to show up in your life and allow him to transform you this morning.